0: Uh, I'm so excited to be here my name is James I uh, drove all the way from Virginia to be here with you right right kind of kind of and so uh, I have my wonderful wife here with me can you wave your hand and uh, I think we have a picture of my family I think that's next and uh, I have my beautiful daughter with me Isabella can you wave your hand All right, Isabella is right here in the pink coat, looking like, why y'all taking another photo of me? I'm tired. And then Joaquin, it's man day. Can you wave your hand? He is two. And then uh, uh, the adult, (laughs) the other adult in the photo, is my wife. And uh, we've been married now for eight years, and I'm so excited that she is here with me. And, uh, reason I said jokingly that we came down from Virginia is because we uh, drove from Virginia, from Lynchburg, Virginia, actually to Miami, Florida, where my wife and her family uh, are from, and uh, coming back up the road, Pastor DeHadi asked if I would be willing uh, to bring God's word here on today, and I I said to myself, preach at Blueprint, right? Of course, I would love to, Uh, and uh, for those who don't know who I am, which is probably everyone in the room, uh, I'm a part of something called uh, Boulevard. It's a cohort of pastors across the nation who really get an opportunity to be discipled and, uh, by Pastor uh, Dahadi. And uh, I actually have been following uh, Pastor Dahadi for probably about 10 or so years, and it was about two years ago. He said, hey, man, uh, would you come uh, to Atlanta? Would you be willing to come down? It's a monthly thing. It's a high time commitment. And while, you know, he didn't know at the same time, I was actually praying to be mentored by somebody, praying uh, to get a picture of, uh, man, what could I do in ministry? Uh, On on the next slide, uh, this is our church, Hill City Community Church, right in the heart of our city, Lynchburg. That's just a picture of our live stream. I've been pastoring for five years, and in the middle of us uh, pastoring our church, uh, beginning to grow and we really didn't have a meaningful direction I was just kind of struggling with that so having an opportunity to come here I was able to sit in one of the back rooms here just listening to Pastor Dehadi talk about discipleship here at Blueprint Church and he shared with me he said man we have 319 covenant members and I said what, what does that mean so uh, you know he's talking about how he had all of his members you know that he's being discipled and uh, you know their systems their missional communities which I think Eventually became city groups, and I said, there's no possible way you have a name for every member. There's no possible way you can have them placed in discipleship formats. He says, well, I can show you. And I said, all right, well, show me then, you know. And I go into his office, and on this huge wall that they painted in chalkboard paint, he had a name for every single member. And I began to see God, like this is a meaningful way of how we can disciple our people. So thank you so much for inviting me into your life and allowing me to just kind of learn and glean from you. You and your wonderful wife. And so I'm excited that I get it uh, to be here on today. And so we're going to be in Luke chapter one. I get the privilege of kicking off uh, a new series as we're diving into the Christmas season. And as we read out of Luke chapter one, I want to go ahead and give you the title of my message. And the title is this actually won't you elbow your neighbor and give them the title at the same time, keeping your mask on. And my title is all I want for Christmas. All I want for Christmas. All right, so if you're watching online or if you're in the room, I have an opening question that I actually want you to ask your neighbor. And uh, as my kids are in the room, I know that there's some other kids in the room. So if you have a child around you, you can ask them as well and engage with them. My question is this: What is one thing you have always wanted for Christmas? Ready, break. If you're watching online, put it in the chat. What is the one thing you've always wanted for Christmas? We'll go about 30 more seconds. We'll go about 10 more seconds. All right. What is one thing you've always wanted for Christmas? Maybe you actually have received it. Maybe you've never received it, but... Uh, I know this might be awkward for you, but I'd love the interaction even on a Sunday morning. I know this isn't a small group, but could a couple people shout out at me? What is one thing you wanted for Christmas? A puppy? A trampoline? A T Rex? A massage? <laughs> Maybe one more, but I didn't hear it from the balcony. A dino tr- truck? Remote controlled dino truck. All right now. Maybe there's somebody in this room who could fulfill pay off school debt in Jesus' name. I received that one in Jesus' name. Uh, I'll share one of my things that I always wanted for Christmas. When I was in middle school, uh, and I've always been a big sneaker fan, big shoes fan, all things related. Uh, when I was in middle school, all I wanted was a pair of Tims. My 90s baby. Come on, man. I just wanted some tin, So. My parents asked me, what do you want for Christmas? You know, want some new, cl- new clothes? I don't want new clothes, you know. You want some new art supplies? I don't want art supplies. I want, some I want some Timberland. So I remember telling my dad specifically, I want some Timberland boots. Please, 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 please. All right, so I'm, you know, telling all my friends, man, I'm going to be wearing Timbs. You, you just wait till we get back from school. So you just wait. You just wait. So Christmas morning. Right, It's a bunch of gifts under the tree, and I see a box that looks about the shoe size, so I gotta save that for last. So I'm like, open it up, socks, who cares, right? Open it up, don't care about those things. And I get to this shoe box and I open up, let's go to the next slide, a pair. Now, I have one of those parents where you better be grateful for whatever you get. And so you're giving one of those smiles on the outside, but you're mad on the inside. You're like, oh, thank you. Oh. My dad was like, Timberlands, he wanted some Timbs, right? You, you know what I meant. What was that? Thank you. No, thank you. So I share this story uh, really as an introduction as to uh, an opportunity to just kind of lean in on the text or to kind of drive home this idea that uh, I believe that many of us are in a similar situation in our lives now just like I was in middle school where uh, we're looking out amongst the blessings that many people are getting in their lives, and but inwardly we're still mad and we don't have joy this Christmas season because of some things that we wanted. For example, and, and I, I don't wanna make it seem like that, that's a vain thing, but for example, uh, you might be uh, in a place where uh, you're 35 or 40 years old, right, and you're still single and uh, everybody seems like they're getting engaged right now and uh, you're trying to have joy this Christmas season, but on the inside you feel some sorrow, right? You might be married, uh, you might be trying to have children, and you come across families, and you see kids, and you're, you're trying to have joy this Christmas season, but there's something happening on the inside of you that's warring where you're just not really that joyful this Christmas season. Uh, well, we're going to see a story here of a couple, and they're going to find themselves in a similar situation trying to have joy, in a Christmas season where they don't feel like they have much joy. Can you join me in Luke chapter 1? I'm so thankful that my sister in Christ read that. We might need to bring that to our church, Uh, having somebody read God's Word before we get started. Uh, I'm going to reread verses uh, 1 through 5. Actually, I'm not going to reread those verses. I'll summarize. Basically, as we open up the book of Luke, uh, Luke is just writing this thing saying, hey, listen, I have had some eyewitness people who've been with the Lord Jesus, and I've written down a detailed account for you, O Theophilus. And then when he dives into the account, that starts in verse 5. Am I okay to just jump to verse 5? Just nod, even if you are like, I don't know what you're talking about. Just keep on nodding. All right, verse 5. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah, of the division of Abijah. He had a wife from the daughters of Aaron. Her name was Elizabeth. Somebody say Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Somebody say Zachariah. Zachariah. They're gonna be our main characters. They were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord, but they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and they both were advanced in years. Somebody say Elizabeth. Somebody say Zachariah. These are two people we're gonna talk about. And it says four, things about them I want us to uh, key in on a couple of these things somebody say they were righteous somebody say they were blameless in all the commandments somebody say in statutes one more time let's say righteous blameless in all commandments and the statutes all right look at me for just a moment I want to tell you that they were both righteous and blameless, and they were both fantastic people, but I want you to know that this is in contrast to the kings of Israel. If you know much about the Old Testament, you'll see uh, a story that kind of looks like this. Uh, First of all, they shouldn't have had a king, but they decide, no, God, we know what's best for ourselves. We'll get a king. And as you read uh, these books of the kingdoms, uh, 1st and 2nd Samuel, 1st and 2nd Kings, 1st and 2nd Chronicles, as you see these kings rise to power, you'll hear a a similar theme. There's this king who was living. Maybe he was, you know, uh, you know, leading for a couple of years, he dies, someone else leads, maybe it's his son, maybe it's his nephew, but this common thread will be like this, but they never destroyed the high places. And so you'd see this kind of trail of Israel where you had some, some great leaders, you had some non-great leaders. And what began to happen is they're uh, somehow besieged, they're somehow thrown again into captivity. But the common thread is they never destroyed the high places. So there are these altars to Baal, they never destroyed them. There are these Asherah poles, they never destroyed them. And in many cases, sometimes these kings would intermarry uh, with people of different faiths. They would have, you know, uh, you know, this occult type of worship and God was never pleased. But that's not what we see with this story. What we're going to see here is Zachariah and Elizabeth are living blamelessly before the Lord. They're obeying all the statutes. They're obeying all the commands. And then it has this one little line at the end, and it says this, but she was barren and had no children. Now, I want you to be thinking here that uh, anytime we see something like this in the scripture, we look at the Old Testament, sometimes it's like there was a sin that happened. There was a curse that happened. There was something that they did where they were unfaithful. But that's not the case with this couple. They've been doing everything right. They've been praying. They've been fasting. They've been serving God. They've been obedient to all the commandments, yet they were barren. So there's something deeper that's going on with this story. It wasn't sin that had them barren. God had another plan. And I believe it might be some people in the room saying, well, but I've been paying my tithes, Pastor James, but I've been being faithful. I've been abstinent. I've been doing all these things, but somehow all I want for Christmas is fill in the blank and I don't seem to get any of it. Everybody's blessed all around me. It's Christmas season, but I really don't have much joy. I want you to find comfort because this family has a similar scenario. And so if I had a, an image that I wanted you to remember from my first point uh, with these first section of scriptures, it's this uh, football player. His name was Marshawn Lynch. And he uh, got famous for this statement where he says, uh, I'm just here so I won't get fined. I'm just here, so I won't get fined. All right, so check this out. We'll keep reading, but have this in mind. It says, verse number eight, now while he was serving as priest before God, this is Zechariah. somebody say Zechariah. When his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by Lot to enter the temple of the Lord and to burn incense. And the whole multitude of people were praying outside at the hour of incense. And there appeared to him an angel standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zachariah was troubled when he saw him and fear fell upon him. But the angel said, do not be afraid, Zachariah, for your prayer has been heard. So let me stop right here for just a moment. Everybody just look at me. So here, I'm just in here because I don't want to be fine. All right, we got to do these priestly things. I got to clean this. I got to make sure this happens. I got to burn these incense. I've got to do all these things. And, you know, I want us to see ourselves in the story. God, I'm paying my tithes. I'm doing all these things. I'm responding to people I'm supposed to. I'm kind. You know, I come to church. How you doing? How you doing? You know, here I am doing all these things I'm supposed to be doing. But I'm really just doing this so I don't get fine. I'm just, you know, I ain't doing it. God don't respond to my needs anyway. He don't really care about my... You read your Bible? Yeah, yeah, you know, (laughs) Bible verse a day keeps the devil away. (laughs) Doing all these things. And then what happens in the middle of him doing all these things? An angel shows up. Now, we live streamed, aren't we? I probably shouldn't walk down. I really want to walk down, but I'll just stay right here. Uh, An angel shows up, and he's afraid. And the angel has the audacity to say this. Your prayer has been heard. What's my second point in this section of scripture? What prayers? What prayers? Oh, you know, my knee, you know, I've been praying for my knee for a while, you know, uh, is that prayer you talking about? No, I'm not talking about that prayer. Oh, you know, I've been praying for my missional community and been praying for my family, my aunts and my uncles and no, not that prayer. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. You know, my, my back's been hurting for a while. No, no, not not that prayer. Right. The one prayer request that you don't talk about anymore. The prayer request that still brings you tears at night. Right. The, the one that almost made you lose faith in God. That prayer. No, nah, you ain't talking to me. Now, I know this story, and I know Pastor DeHeide Lewis brought me in. We're going to talk about Christmas. We will talk about Christmas. We will talk about the Messiah. But if I'm going to be completely honest as I'm studying this text, this has nothing to do with Jesus yet. All we see is Zachariah, we see Elizabeth, we see that they're very old in age, we see Elizabeth is barren, and all he's doing, I'm in the temple, I'm trying to do these things, I'm in the temple, I'm trying to do these things, I'm in I'm the right? altar of incense and burn, it's my time to go in, I'm a priest, an angel shows up and he says, hey listen, I've been hearing your prayers, and they're about to be answered. And initially, you might be like, oh, yeah, 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 he's, he's about to answer some prayer about a Messiah who's coming and Jesus is going to, no, 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 I'm not talking about, I'm, I'm talking about the one that you don't even utter anymore. Th- this reminds me of, of another story. I put it in my notes. We're going to leave Luke for just a moment. Let's go, help me, Jesus, to 2 Kings 4. I put the, I put the verses in here. I want to tell you this story. I want to pause here. I want to tell you the story of a Shunammite woman. Don't know if you're familiar with this story, uh, but basically there's this woman. She's called the Shunammite woman because she lives in the area called Shunam. And uh, uh, her and her husband are just hanging out. And there's this prophet. His name is Elisha. He comes back and forth through this area. And what she begin to do with this prophet Elisha, she feeds him from time to time, gives him some food, helps him out on his journey. And then one day she decides, you know what? On the top of my roof, I'll build a house for him. And so Elisha is very thankful that this woman does these things. And I'll pick up in verse 11. one day he came there, he turned into the chamber and rested there. And he said to Gehazi, his servant, this is Elisha, saying to his servant, call this Shunammite. And when he had called her, she stood before him. And, she, and he said to him, say now to her, see, you have taken all this trouble for us. What is to be done for you? Okay, next slide. Uh, Would you have a word spoken on your behalf to the king? Or to the commander of the army, she answered, I dwell among my own people. And he said, what then is to be done for her? And then this dude named Gehazi, idiot. (laughs) Who is this guy? Answers, well, she has no son. Don't you hate it when people speak up for you? Who is this? I'm just shooting my woman, just hanging out. Prophet came by. Hey, I'm helping you. I'm gonna give you some food. You know, and if you wanna see the fullness of the story, please, in your own personal time, go check it out. 2 Kings chapter 4. I'm helping out this prophet. His name is Elisha. Then, then I built a, a house on the, you know, uh, I built a room for him on the top of my house. He goes in there, he's resting. What can I do for you? I'm good. I'm good. My people, I live with my own people. And is like, hey, she ain't got no son. Well, she has no son and her husband is old. Next slide. He said, call her, Elisha. Elisha says, call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the doorway and he said, at this season, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. And she says, no, my Lord, O man of God, do not lie to your servant. Do you hear the emotion in this text? I'm doing the right things, I'm praying, I'm fasting, I'm going to church, how you doing? Yeah, I'm good, how you doing, right? I'm doing these various things right here. What do you need me? I'm good, I'm good. Now, what, how, how can I serve you? How can I help you out? Now, nah, I'm good, I'm good. The Lord is saying, I want to be involved in your life. I want to be intimately involved in your life. And you're like, all right, God, you had this, you had that. Nah, nah, I don't want that, I want that. Nah, I'm good, I'm good. She ain't got no son. Hey, Elisha says, come, bring her in here. About this time next year, you're going to embrace the son. Her response, don't play with me like that. I almost lost my faith over that. A son, don't talk to me like that. You know it's Christmas season. And I believe she's not the only one. I love Jesus, been saved, sanctified. I grew up in one of them churches where we dance like this. Mm-mm-mm-mm. We, we save all sanctified, yeah, right. But if still, even in that place where it's like, nah, but God, don't touch this. Don't lie to your servant. Don't lie to me. But according to the man of God, next slide, it says this. But the woman conceived and she bore a son about that time the following spring, as Elisha has said to her. What are your prayers that you really want for Christmas that you stopped uttering? Now, nah, God, you can't have this. Nah, 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 I'm good. I'm good. Well, when we get back to the text, this angel shows up and he says, hey, listen, Zachariah, your prayer has been answered. You about my knee? <laughs> nah, the other one. This is a similar theme. Jesus always wants that, that thing. If you know about the story in the Gospels, there was a man with a withered hand, and he's coming to Jesus, and Jesus, when this withered man with the withered hand gets to him, he says, stretch out your hand. Right, he has one withered hand, one normal hand. You know what I would have done? (laughs) Not that hand, the other one. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. (laughs) I'm about to be out of here. (laughs) You'd be mad at Pastor Dehadi, But I want to tell you what, your withered hand, God wants that for worship. That place where you're like, God, don't touch that, Uh, he wants that for worship. He does. He does. Would you trust him with it? Can we do just a quick exercise? It's not in my notes, but just a quick exercise. I I want everybody to just just fold your arms just for a moment. And I want to say something to you. And then I'm going to say the exact same phrase, but I'm going to ask you to do something different. Just keep your arm folded. If you're watching online in your socks and your pajamas, just fold your arms. I'm going to say something. Just keep your arms folded. Just look right at me. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. I'm sorry, I ain't looking at the balcony. I love you. All right, now, real quick, just change your posture. And instead of sitting like this, I want you to sit with your palms open. I love you. I love you. I, now, how vulnerable is this? <laughs> Make can I never met you, sir. I love you. I see you up there, I love you. Now, what's different about this posture? This posture is ready to receive. Yeah. Yeah. Now, with this posture, I, I promise, I can't steal anything from you. I know I can't, I can't take anything from you, but nothing else can get in there. And maybe you've lived your life in such a way where you say, well, Pastor James, you don't know my upbringing, you don't know where I come from, you don't know my neighborhood. We, we gotta live like this to survive. I know you needed that to survive, but, but in order for you to grow in your walk with the Lord, you got to give him the withered hand. you got to give him the deeper prayer request. you got to actually let him know, man, if some stuff actually happened on the inside of me, I might lose my faith over this. And he said, that's okay. Trust me. Trust me. Zechariah, your prayers have been answered. Which one are you talk about? <laughs> that one that you don't even utter anymore. That one. That one. I believe God is saying today, that one. Not a later Christmas time, not a late, not next year. Don't get right with Jesus next year. That one. Don't wait. That one. When? Now. I want to answer it now. Let's get back to the text. Let's go to verse 13. The angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayers have been heard. What's what prayer? And your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son. That prayer, that prayer, you will call his name John, verse 14, and you will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth for he will be great before the Lord. He must not drink wine or strong drink. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. He will turn away many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah and turn the hearts of the fathers to the heart of the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. What is this next section talking about? Uh, This is the uh, messianic prophecy here. And the, and the thing I love about it is uh, this is how God chooses to answer his request. You know, sometimes like, God, I want you to uh, answer my needs how I want to. And he says, no, 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 I'll answer him how the Lord wants to. And so it's a, it's a twofold blessing. It's a twofold blessing. He says this, verse 14, and you will have joy. That's Zachariah and, and Elizabeth. You have joy and gladness, but also many will have joy. And many will rejoice yeah, I want to have a son, God. All right, but do you want to have a son like I want you to have a son? I'm single, Lord. (laughs) All right, all right, all right. Don't look. Okay, I won't go. Okay. (laughs) And you will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth for he will be great before the Lord. He must not drink wine or strong drink. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. He will turn away many of the children of Israel to the Lord, their God. He will go before him. Who's the him? He will go before him. Who's the, he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to, a, to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. What is this prophecy about? It's about the coming Messiah. And they're talking about this son that you wanted. God actually has a plan for him. His plan is actually greater than your plan. You just wanted a baby. God's like, no, 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 no. I'm going to make a forerunner for the Messiah. Nope. <laughs> now, I know your plan was cute. I-, I know your plan was cute. But God has an even better plan than your plan. You know, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways, right? Man, I just wanted a job. no, 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 no. I want the right job because you're supposed to be a light in that community. I want kids. No, you don't just want kids. You want these type of kids. You don't want just a son. You want a son who's going to be the forerunner of the Messiah. So he says, hey, listen, don't give him any strong drink. Don't give him any wine. Why? Because this is going to be the guy who's going to turn Israel back to their Lord. And he's not even the Messiah. And when John gets on the scene in Luke chapter 3, he'll say this, uh, 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 I think I put it in my notes. Did I put it in my notes? I put it in these notes, not on those notes. Come on, iPad. It's going to say this. Uh, I know you're familiar with John 3.16. This is Luke 3.16. John answered them all saying, this is John when he's an adult. John answered them all by saying this. I will baptize you with water. But the one who's coming after me is mightier than I. His strap of sandals I'm not even worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. You thought you just wanted a son. No, you're going to have the forerunner to the Messiah. We we see a, a... in the Old Testament, how people, the Holy Spirit came upon people and then he left. He came upon people and then he left. He empowered people and then he says, no, no, no. But this, this baby that you're about to have, if you really give him to me, he's going to be filled with the Holy Spirit while in his mother's womb. He's going to be filled even in his mother's womb. And he's going to make all of these people ready for the Lord. He's going to make them ready for the Lord. Whatever that thing is that you're praying for, I hope you're so gospel minded that whatever it is, that if God asks for it back, that you'll give it to Him. Because there's a greater purpose at work. It's nothing wrong with wanting kids, nothing wrong with wanting to be uh, in a romantic relationship, it's nothing wrong with wanting to increase your finances, but you got to ask why. Is it also too for the Lord? Is it also too because I want to advance God's kingdom? Right. Let's keep going into the text. Verse 18, Zachariah said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. The angel answered him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. And I was sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold... You will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. I'll stop right there. You're in the temple. <laughs> I'm doing my thing. Angel shows up. <laughs> hey, I'm about to answer your prayers. Yeah, whatever. Now I'm about to answer your prayers. Yeah, which one? My knee? No, that one. He answers the same way the woman did. Don't lie to me. My wife is old. Don't, don't lie to me. Don't, don't play with me like that. You don't know I'm this close. Don't And he says, you know what? Because of your unbelief, you can be silent. But God is still going to show up. Well, why is it so comforting to us? Why is it so comforting to us? I'm so thankful that there aren't super saved Christians in the Bible because that's probably the same response I would have given. And so you might be sitting there, man, God, you know how many times I had to repent and said, I'm, st- I'm just a terrible Christian. I don't always, I lose my faith. I don't believe. No, no, no. He's similar to you. He equally did not believe. I'm too old. I'm too this. I'm too that. God, you ain't gonna do it. All right. <laughs> now you're gonna be silent because you didn't believe, but God's still gonna show up. How does this encourage us? Even when you've been faithless, he'll remain faithful. I, I know you've been faithless. I know you haven't quite got it all right. I know you haven't quite done the right things. That's okay. He's still going to be faithful. That's the beauty of the gospel. That's the beauty. This is the gospel right here. We were not good enough. God, was the angel showing up not enough? God, are you real? <laughs> uh smoking mirrors, you know, like, ah, oh, it was a YouTube video, ah, oh, I don't, the angel wasn't enough. I still don't believe, but God still shows up. I don't know what it took for you to get to church this morning. I don't know how many guests are here from out of town. I don't know if you're sitting there like my wife is with our two kids, maybe wondering about kids. You might be like, I'm only getting bits and pieces of this sermon only need, God only needs bits and pieces to work with. He only, the, the most honest prayer in all the scriptures was, God, I believe. Uh, help my unbelief. God, I believe a little bit. He'll remain faithful. Come on, not next Christmas, this Christmas. Give it over to him. Give it over to him. Because you did not believe my words, which would be fulfilled in their time. And the people were waiting for Zachariah, and they were wondering at his delay in the temple. And when he came out, he was unable to speak to them. And they realized that he had seen a vision in the temple, and he kept making signs to them and remained mute. And when his time of service had ended, he went to his home. Verse 24 is this. After these days, his wife Elizabeth conceived. Thank you, God. And for five months, she was kept herself hidden, saying, thus the Lord has done for me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach from among my people. Elizabeth has conceived. Elizabeth has conceived. Worship team, this is my last point. You guys can get ready to come on back. Uh, I don't know uh, what part of your life or what part of your faith journey uh, that you said— uh, you know God can't get to, God can't use, God can't reach. I want to encourage you this Christmas season with the story of Zachariah and Elizabeth, uh, forerunner John to the Messiah, uh, that whatever that thing is that you're holding on to, I triple dog dare you to give it to him. I, I really do, uh, not later, not at a uh, at a distant time, but now and so in conclusion of this story, I just have a couple of thoughts I want to leave with you as his wife has conceived uh, uh, just a couple of thoughts to leave with you first one is this i know you believe jesus can save the world right but do you believe that jesus can save you isn't that something jesus loves everybody else jesus came and died on the cross for everybody but you don't believe like jesus came for you do you believe that you got faith john 3 16 yeah, he did. he loved, so loved the world but you don't believe that he so loved you the hairs on your head are numbered by him. My triple dog dare you to put your faith in him. Secondly, I want to challenge you with this. Um, don't forget about God's future promise just because a counterfeit is present. Uh, or, or more so, don't forfeit God's future promise just because a counterfeit is present. What does that mean? What am I talking about there? You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> You're trying to forfeit this promise that God has given you. Uh, maybe you are single, right? And you're like, but Pastor Jay, he's so fine, man. You know what I'm saying? I just, you're trying to forfeit this future promise of God because something is present, but that thing that's present is a counterfeit. Don't settle for the counterfeit. I'm going to just keep on moving. <laughs> Thirdly, I cannot promise that God will give you what you want, but I can promise that God is good. Now, I would rather say God will give you what you need or find some fancy way to say it, but I can't promise that God will give you what you want, but I can promise that he is good. And what does that mean? If he does withhold something from you, it's it's for your good. Sometimes he's withholding and it doesn't necessarily mean no, it could just mean not yet. But, but, but just because he doesn't give it to you, right, you're nervous, you're scared, I want you to know this. He is good. He is good, and that matters. Because our perspective of God, if we think he's withholding, we think he's evil and vindictive, no, no, he's good. And he's holding it back for our good. Lastly, in what ways does your deepest prayer reflect the good news of the gospel? And if it's not going to reflect the good news of the gospel, I want to challenge you to to redirect and, and, and think differently about your prayers. That it would be about advancing God's kingdom, that it bring about tidings of good joy that would advance God's kingdom in this world. Come on, would you join me in a word of prayer? God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Father God, that you have a son uh, who has taken away the sins of this world In this season we're longing for this uh, joy um, to be fulfilled in us and being fulfilled in our world but on today Father God the message for us is uh, may that joy rest in us individually first Uh, uh, may we if our hearts are cold towards you may we if our hearts are far from you may we say God uh, I have an appointment with you I need to meet with you. There's some things happening on the deeper levels of my heart that I need to address with you so that I can actually truthfully experience this joy that you have for all the world. God, let us be encouraged by Zachariah and Elizabeth and the story of John and how he'll be a forerunner to the Messiah and how they had prayer requests that went up. But Father God, with our prayer requests that are going up, let us not be um, shallow with them. Let us actually say, God, would you come down into the deepest recesses of my heart? And heal those areas, Lord God, that are uh, valleys, those areas that are dry. So that you can do this kingdom work, this good news in my heart. We pray that in Jesus' name and all of God's people said, amen. Thanks for worshiping with us. For more information about Blueprint Church, visit us online at blueprintchurch.org. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Blueprint Church. Have a great week and we'll see you next Sunday.